Alright, yo, what's up guys? Back again for another episode. This is episode 21 of the Pokey Talk Podcast. What's going on, man? Hey, hey, not too much. You still enjoying Scarlet Violet? Oh yeah. <laughs> I've been having yeah. a more pleasant experience than most, I think. But Yeah, we'll definitely get to that one. So yeah, this episode is about ranking the gins. Um, we wanted to do this, you know, after Scarlet and Violet because it was going to be more game based, but we decided to branch out a little bit and we're going to factor in all things for the gin and just kind of go through gin one all the way up to Scarlet and Violet and rank everything essentially. Um, yeah. My opinions are going to be very heavily based on the games and cards and pretty much only those two things. I don't really watch the anime or keep up with the manga or movies or anything. Um, I know your ranking system's a little different. So, uh, yeah, mine are going to be based on those two things, games, cards, and kind of like a tier list. So as we go through them, I'll say this is in my B tier, this is in my S tier, or whatever. But, yeah, yeah what's yours? Go- I have to say, I won't go into the exact ratings I give, because even now, like, some of it was so hard, I'm flip-flopping. When I'm like, eh. So, I won't necessarily say the specific sword, but I will say, like, oh, this this TCG or this era of the TCG was the best, or the second best, or this had the best anime, or this best game. I'll kind of mention that. I will kind of give a general overall what's the best view, but then I'll also say, oh, you know, this one was probably the third worst, or... or or go, go to that for, for that era. Um, but we have plenty of time to talk about that. I don't yeah. know about you, but I'm pretty excited to go to Yeti Gaming this weekend and not only sell some of my slabs, um, but also get a few cards as well. And unfortunately, man, it's getting hard to find Neo Destiny Hollows. I'll, I'll tell you what. It's. It seems like it's either first edition or nothing, and if it's first edition, it's either damaged or heavily played. And ah, I need to get these sets done. Like this is getting ridiculous. But I'm I'm happy because they have a bunch of stuff I'm interested in, and they have a bunch of Watsy promos, and that's on the list. You know, it was kind of Neo is my focus, but I'll take it. That I mean, if if I'm getting basically. Essentially, I'm trading my evolution slabs for the trade value is how I see it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, those things are, yeah, I'm just glad anybody will take them because I would not sell them on my own. It's either it's either sell at Yeti this month or wait until like August or whatever, or whatever we go to the in, in our card show. So, time is money. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we got our second... $15 October sub back, which is weird because yeah, my first one that I sent before that one is still um, in the last check, so I imagine that'd be coming through any day now, but that was the one I sent off first because that was the one I was hoping to sell stuff out of. This one, I wasn't, you know, I had shadowless cards in this one, so I'll probably still sell them, but... It's just because that money's directly going into other things. If it wasn't, I wouldn't be selling Shadowless right now because it's pretty low market. But mm-hmm. yeah, got my eye on some things. But uh, yeah, it, it's weird, and you'll have to let us know what you end up picking up. 
For sure. I, I will say it is pretty crazy. We sent it, was it early October? Or was it more mid-October? Yeah, it was like first or second week of October. Probably Regardless, we got it back in like what? Five weeks? Yeah, five, six weeks or something like that. And that's bulk. I mean, we, we must have got in real early. We must have got in before everybody else did. I know we were seeing some people's like social media posts and all that, like some big whales in the hobby like oh i'm sending 2000 cards into psa for the bulk i'm like okay we sent before you hey 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 <laughs> so you know we won't have to we won't have to deal with that so they psa clearly has got a system going smoothly again um pretty crazy to see it's i don't want to say we're completely back to normal with psa but it sure feels like it yeah i mean i think everything going forward is pretty good and they're doing a good job you know they to the $15 tier to test the waters, and they just announced literally yesterday, so this is, I think, Thursday, you know, in case you're listening to this later, um, announced another $15 special for the holidays in December, which nobody, I think, really expected that. Um, so it makes me think that they're finishing up the last of the October $15 subs. Yeah, You know, that's my other orders are, you know, they're finishing up could be sent back any day now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're wanting to get more cards here in the next week or so because they think they can keep pumping them out. So I got some more cards. Do you got some more cards? Let's get this ball rolling. (laughs) Yeah. I'll have to see, you know, it's the $200 limit is the thing for me. Yeah. But I have some that I can send, maybe not a whole lot. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe a dozen myself because I cut very early. Or, like, I I cut it – I cut off, like, only a little bit because I just spent a bunch of money, like, at, like, the card shop or, like, at at the card show that we went to. And I I bought something else. I forget what it was. So I was like – I couldn't spend everything and I – also wasn't sure how long it would take us to get those cards back because based on the time estimate, I assume it would be like February. So I didn't want to have a bunch of money held up and grading again like I did last time. However, now I'm kind of regretting it because, well, I guess not so much now because we still have the opportunity, right? But uh, yeah, if I did... Send just everything. Just, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, my, might as well. I mean, I'm sure I'll, I'll just send anything like, oh, I'll go ahead and send this because I was on the fence and it might get a seven, but no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, I'll have uh, to uh, double check and send some of mine for sure. But yeah, for the last news topic, though, I mean, yeah, PSA's got a lot going on. The Ludkin situation's still going on. Yeah, yeah, that looks, that's that's, just, that's the only thing that like is a downside to PSA, and that's what the mindset is for a lot of people. You know, they think like you did, like, well, I don't want to send a PSA because it's going to be longer than they say. But you know, they're keeping their word on most of these new times. It's just the old stuff with Ludkins that is a headache, which they're now working out. So that that's totally separate from anything else. So. But yeah, the last bit of news was, of course, the V-Star universe. Absolutely. I'm going through the cards again, and God, I love looking through them. This is, I I think this might be, so like, 
Hidden Fate was cool, right? Like that was a special holiday set. That kind of that kind of set almost a standard. Well, you can I guess go to to Shiny Legends, I guess. But you know, those sets have kind of put a expectation in some ways for what we expect from Pokemon, especially as we reach towards the end of of an era, and or even like a, even a special set. And I'll tell you what, these cards have not only exceeded all those other sets, it might be the best set, art-wise. <clears throat> the best modern set, and I, I don't want to say it's going to be the best set, all, the best artist set all time, because it kind of depends on what you like in a set and a card. But, wow. It's hard to deny that this isn't going to go down as an all-timer. Yeah, I think it is. Um, yeah, you look at B, B Max Climax. Yeah, and how much it's loved. I mean, this is mm-hmm. going to be exactly like that, but even more. I think. Even um, more. <laughs> yeah, the uh, cards are just crazy. It's like it's like I think we mentioned this last time. I just hope they tone it down a bit when they go into Scarlet and Violet. Typically, they do. Yeah, you know the base set. People are excited for the new Pokemon, but it's usually toned down quite a bit, and we've seen it happen before. But yeah, hopefully it's toned down quite a bit, and this is like a grand reset. Like this is the finale, and then we go back to boring sets, and then it's a slow creep again. Well, the biggest thing we've kind of mentioned it before, and I know you've kind of hinted at it, or essentially said the same thing, but. If Pokemon keeps on, obviously this is not going to be every set, but if there's a lot of similar threads in future sets where it's just like, wow. And you kind of have to worry about buyer fatigue, consumer fatigue. Not that, obviously, the, the, I mean, the fan base is ready and willing, but the problem is they are too ready and willing. And because of that, the money just gets funneled out. And you have some people just going ham. Well, you know, people can't do that every set. And if you look at in any given year, usually there's clear lesser sets in any given year, and there's clear better sets. But even in the worst sets, there's still several very good chase cards to go after. And you just have to worry if you keep on trying to one-top yourself every single year, you have to worry about how fatigued your 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 base of width will become in terms of buying packs. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening to Magic the Gathering. Yeah, pretty much. Or you has know, happened. Kind of, like, well, you know, there is a few key differences in that, and that you know, when now that decks are costing several thousand dollars, it's ca- causing frustration, especially amongst the older base. But a lot of people do collect. It's probably what two to one easy ratio, if not more, that collect the play, or like collect. Slash play, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and then Magic, it's like, I don't know, even if you don't count the fiasco that is their sad excuse for your 30th anniversary. Yeah. Um, I mean, people were already feeling frustrated with Magic the Gathering on top of this. You know, it's they just have set after set come out before the set's even out they're spoiling like the next thing because it comes out in like two weeks and on top of that you have all these like secret layer drops and it's just overload 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 and as i've said before that was the main reason i got out of magic 
Like I used to buy and play Magic and the new stuff every once in a while. But I kind of saw where it was going and I didn't like it. And I got out in like 2018 or something. Little did I know it was nothing compared to what they're doing now. But I guess I kind of saw that. And I had a lot of other friends. Um, One of them, I think you know from Pokemon Go, who was pretty into magic. And he was the guy who would buy every product. And, you know, was like, dude, this is so awesome. But, yeah, I don't know. It it was kind of sad to see. Yeah. I, I sent him a message like, so how many of the uh, 30th anniversary are you going to buy? And he didn't respond to that one. <laughs> Probably not going to be an a-hole. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. Mean, it, is, it is. I mean, it is uh, <clears throat> definitely, definitely burning out that base. And, and with the less magic product than ever on the shelves being supplanted by your Dragon Ball Super, and even now you got One Piece, and you got, I mean, you got all these, and pretty soon hitting Lorcana. I mean, you got to, I don't want to say Magic will become extinct, because there's clearly a lot of dedicated people that still play it. But you got to wonder how much are they ever going to jump ship to Flesh and Blood. And you also have to wonder how many people might give Disney Lorcana a try. I know it's a different base in some regards, but you have to wonder, at, like, if Disney's ready to pounce and put in that pro lead tour like you have with Magic. I mean, they're, right, they're a legit competitor to them. Yeah. I, I, out of all the paths a Magic player can go right now, it's like, yeah, I just don't see where they can get excited about new product again. Unless they do, like, an anniversary where they, like, reprint. Like, do, like, an Evolutions. Bring back an old set and do the alt arts in there instead of doing, like special arts that are so rare in premium products like create a whole set that's og stuff and fun to open make it look like they did in the old days you know they can reprint that stuff because they're the ones who made it it's not like pokemon like between watsy and the pokemon company like it's always been watsy for magic so it's like they could do anything but yeah it's it's sad Papa Hasbro is leading the way because they own it and they just care about the dollar signs. They are draining the blood out of that cow. Yeah. Yeah, You got to milk the cow slowly. You can't kill the cow. I mean, that's pretty much what they're doing. And, like, they're like, how? Like, they they got too greedy. It's like they flew too close to the sun, you know? Like, they thought they could because they, they didn't respect their consumer base, but there's pushback. And now they have to, well, okay, these guys are actually the reason why we are who we are. So it's something Pokemon understands. And, you know, there we can get the difference between, like, the Japanese base and the Western base. But at, at the end of the day, they actually do, it seems like, have a genuine care for their product and how it's viewed and interpreted and, and all that. Whereas the people in charge of Hasbro, they're like, money, 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 money. Like, you, know, you got me. You got me. Mr. Krabs with Heating the way in uh, in Hasbro. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, but yeah. uh, I, where I, do I, all I the cows say- go? It's like, yeah, it's like the cows either are just fine where they're at, and they just play with the old cards among friends, yeah. which is what I do now. Or the cows go to like Flesh and Blood or Lorcana, but it's like I don't know. The grass seems to be greener on the other side, but. 
I don't see how they can stay where they're at and like get excited about a new magic product again. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I will say though, I did buy a V Star Universe booster box, and I thought about getting two, but I was like, "Control yourself. It'll probably be easier to get singles." But like, this set is so incredible. I want so many cards that I know I'm not going to get hardly. If I get two boxes, I would still get mostly cards I, I would need. Probably a few duplicates, I would think. And, like, it just looks to be so fun to open it with the way J- Japanese boxes are. So you get one guaranteed secret rare at least. And I think I saw you probably get three to four of the other rares. So you already got four hits that you you know you're going to have. You don't have that in the English. But regardless, has four hits. And, I mean, it's so fun. I almost did, but I was like, t- take a breather. I got it from Tokiini. And or I'm not sure how he pronounced it. Pokey actually. Yeah. Pokey any. But yeah, I, I <laughs> once bought from him before he had like a site even going. Like so like what did I get? Oh yeah, I got the Miracle Twin boxes. So it's like I've been shopping there before and I don't usually I don't buy a whole lot of sealed in general. So I don't really buy much from any one place. But you know, he had his was basically like a dollar cheaper than the cheapest one on eBay. Uh and there is some he is also an American seller. And unfortunately, I lost the lottery for the Poke Center, so I didn't get any. And, you know, it is cheaper to go through that way, especially if you can get multiple, because you're paying basically MSRP plus like $25 shipping. Yeah. But, you know, if you're just getting one, it's like, it's like only, it was only like $20 more expensive just getting one. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I will probably buy another box of this after things cool down. I'm, I'm afraid this is going to this is going to leave Evolving Skies in the dust. Now, whenever I say that, I'm not saying Evolving Skies. You know, it's, uh, people are done with Evolving Skies. Oh my God, it's falling! It's falling! <laughs> you know, it's 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 not like that. I'm just saying we've actually discussed what's something that can make people move on from Evolving Skies. This is it. This is it. How many Pokemon are in here? I think. Lapras's best card ever is in this set. How many cool Lapras cards are there, though? I mean, <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not, not many. There's like that promo we had, and it's it's more rare in Japan, but there's that Heart Gold, Soul Silver Lapras, and there's a couple common ones. But yeah, I mean, well, I think that should let you know that the fact that you got some all-timer cards already in the set with Lapras. You got obviously the Orokoro. I mean, that's my that's my main Kamiya right there. Yeah. I, was, I was hoping for him looks to get good. some. Yeah, full art one, and that one's pretty good. And Mew's amazing set. You got Toxtricity's an amazing card. I mean, you got Deoxys. I, I mean, what is not good in this set? Even the mid full arts are still good. They're still colorful. Yeah, yeah, everything looks good. I, I think they're also going to print this to the ground, so Absolutely. Absolutely. people need to be aware of that. I think they really, I think within the last six months, the Pokemon company has really got a grip on how many things they need to print and how to run things better as far as getting product out. We've seen that with the Charizard DPC. We've seen it with Celebrations, um, you know, when it first came out which now they're kind of going up because it was, you know, they had to print other stuff. But this summer they figured it out. And so they're like, let's just make some crazy banger products and just print them to the ground now that we got this under control. Mm -hmm. And they just, 
set the hammer down and they're like, yeah, this is awesome set. Everyone's going to want it. Well, let's make sure everyone can have it and just print, yeah. print, 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 print. I think they're going to print even more than EV Heroes. I think they've act, they'll take a look at EV Heroes and be like, they'll be like, look, especially how much product in Japan. I think now they've come to the realization their Western audience loves the Japanese product. You know they have to know that. They know their, their market share. They know, they know their consumer base so well. They absolutely are aware of how much Westerners are consuming their Japanese product, and and it, you know it's it's unprecedented even in Japan the the interest for it as well. So you combine these factors, and I think they're like, okay, <clears throat> remember EV Heroes? Remember how we had to do a reprint? One of the few times they've ever done that. Let's yeah. go beyond. But wait, we can go further. You know, where can we go beyond? You know, I'm making a Dragon Ball Z joke here, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, I think that it obviously will be print, printed much more. Um, my whole thing was, I wanted to try to get get the set in at like a hundred dollars because with EV Heroes, the cheapest you could after a while was like one thirty, went down a little bit. But like before release, I could get it under hundred. Like all all the boxes I bought when I bought like the eleven boxes of EV Heroes, I got them all for under hundred bucks, and yeah. it, it pretty much the same thing with V Star Universe and. I think there's going to be a lot, and it's, but I don't know. Like, I think there's enough that I do want another, but I might just take a breather and see what I get from the first one, because at a certain point, you kind of have to narrow down your focus. We discussed that before. Narrow down, like for, for hobby, what what you want to buy, because yes, some of the rares in this card are going to be affordable, um, like some of the art rares. Yeah, but but the secret rares might be ridiculous. Like Raikou is probably going to be the top chase card, I would think. Yeah, it definitely looks cool. I mean, there's there's going to be a bunch of them. Yeah, but, there is. You're right. But but yeah, I guess we should hop on over to the main topic though, because we got a lot yeah. to talk about. Yeah, I'm just getting over here on a rant. It's so hyped <laughs> up over here, but don't yeah. mind me. I'm not going to be buying any booster boxes. Not going to, like, I might buy one to open if they bought them out. But, yeah, not going to buy any to keep. I'm just going to buy some singles yeah. and leave it at that. Same here. Open, yeah, I'm opening <laughs> it and buy singles. But. but, yeah, for the main topic, though, let's jump on in. So, like I said, we're ranking the gins based on everything. Mine is going to be heavily based on games and cards. And I'm going to be giving them like a tier maker rank. So like A, B, C, or D, or S tier for the awesome ones. But uh, yeah, you want to kind of explain your ranking system? So we're so, going to have kind of two of them. We're not going to go down like this is our best. We're just going to yeah. talk through it them makes, all. Yeah, it just makes more sense because, you know, in other, past, we're, in other episode past where we've discussed the ranking, we've like, oh, what's yours, what's mine? It doesn't make sense to do that this episode because we're, we'll be like, oh, your so-and-so favorite is Gen 3. Oh, your so-and-so favorite is Gen 4. And yeah. instead of like, we'll be talking about different things. And when clearly both of us will want to say something on, on the other's generation. So it just makes so much sense just to do it systematically and sequentially. But anyways, sure. uh, I, I kind of went on off subject there a little bit, but uh, basically how I did it is it was really difficult to me because I was trying to erase my subjectivity um, with especially Gen 1. I was trying to make sure I could be as objective as possible, and 
obviously with myself doing the rating and grading, that's pretty much impossible. <laughs> yeah. But I try to be, yeah, I try to be as subjectively objective as I could be. And what I decided was basically I'd break everything down by games, anime, the TCG, and the Pokemon themselves. So we're talking about like the Pokemon designs in, in general. And I kind of basically added everything together, beat Shin, and average it out. And that's how I came up with my tiers of, of gins and which one was my favorite and which one was the worst. And then you kind of have Gen 9 as kind of a floater because we can't properly grade most of it. Uh, yeah. So I just kind of, I'm going to have some, them, I'm going to have Gen 9 basically as an honorable mention. And, you know, some of this I'm flip-flopping back and forth and, you know, if this would have been done a year ago, I would have probably ranked it differently, to be honest with you. Uh, so, I and then, you know, in, in a year's time, if we would like, or when the next era drops, if we want to do an update to that, I'd love to do another episode to update it, because it, it might not be the same list. <laughs> yeah, we can definitely try that. So, yeah. But, yeah, so with Gen 1, you know, last episode we did an era episode talking about the TCG, so I feel like... You know, we can be pretty quick on that. Um, yeah. Gen 1's TCG for me, like I said in the last episode, I weigh heavily on the, the fact that I like the gym sets. A lot of people don't. You know, you mentioned you don't really care for gym sets on the last episode, but I like the gym set cards. And, uh, yeah, they're they're pretty solid. And, of course, you can't beat the base set. I don't really care for jungle and fossil, um, yeah. but yeah, that's that's kind of all that stands out for the cards for me. Um, Game Boy games, they're classics. They're, you know, I've probably beaten those things five times. Like every time I've gotten out of Pokemon and back into Pokemon, going back from like high school, I've always did a playthrough of my Pokemon Blue. And this isn't counting the game gameplays I've done on Fire Red Leaf Green or, you know, Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu, <laughs> you know, which I also played. Because, um, yeah, I've played all the gins on the games, every single one of them. And I love them, but it's just kind of nostalgic purposes. Um, yeah. And solely that. Um, anime's top-notch for me. Because that's between that and Johto, that's the only two animes I've watched. The movies are awesome, classics, you know, pure Pokemon nostalgia. So all of that stuff is probably in the S tier for me, just because like I didn't really watch any others. But everything considered, for me, this is pretty much like a B tier. Um, I have red, blue, yellow, fire, red, leaf, green in B tier. And I have Let's Go Eevee Pikachu in my C tier. But, I mean, it could be thrown in on B. Because I did enjoy that game. It was refreshing to revisit, you know, the nostalgia in a different way. It looked nicer. You know, it's much much better revisiting it in that rather than playing, you know, the older games. So, yeah, that's kind of where it falls for me in general. But So... I was really ranking more the mainline games in terms of each era. I was trying to make it be as fair as possible. Um, so 
I didn't well, those quite... kind of are considered mainline games, even though they're remakes, but... I, well, I'm not talking about the remakes. I'm talking like, for example, in Gen 1, I didn't feature Pokemon Stadium. Oh, or yeah. Pokemon Snap. You know, I was rating red, yellow, blue as the as the main games. Um, well, that's that's but, what I did too, because like, yeah, the handhelds are always considered main, even though they have remakes on them. Yeah, but like, like Fire Red Leaf Green on Game Boy Advance, like it was a main game. They had like a TCG set out of it, mm-hmm. but yeah, they don't always have sets out of like Pokemon Stadium or, and stuff like that. Or Heart Gold Soul Silver. You know, I, I didn't. I didn't include that, but that being said, I do have most, not most, I don't want to say most necessarily, but it's kind of, a lot of the tiers are kind of in the middle of the pack for me compared to the rest of the gens with the design for Kanto being basically number one for me, or, I mean, it's not the only one I rated this high, but it's basically the highest that I rated and because of that. That's why Kanto for me is number two overall gen but as you mentioned with 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 the games the i love playing those games but obviously we grew up with those games there was no mercy playing those games okay you were you 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 know we had to learn everything by word of mouth on on those games so there is definitely a nostalgic aspect and i still play kanto and even johto fairly regularly once every few years I remember one time I was playing the, uh, it was the red version in college. I I didn't even realize it, but the sun was coming up. I played all night. I was 20 years old and I stayed up all night playing Pokemon red version. So, I mean, obviously I love those games, but then you play other era games, you know, let's just, let's just compare it to the most recent one with Scarlet Violet. I mean, there's a lot that leaves to be desired in the original games. Obviously, you know, it's a representative of the era came from the the cartridge era and the graphics and and all that. But all in all, I I kind of had the game in in the middle of the pack and compared to the rest of the games because once you be you can be playing more of the modern games, you're like, oh wow, this is actually fantastic that they include this shared XP. Oh no, that was not a thing in the original. <laughs> yeah, uh, was so, I thought they had XP share in the OG. I don't remember that. I remember I okay, so they kind of did. It wasn't like everybody. Yeah, so it was when, an item you held to one Pokemon. I think is it was, what it was. Well, I I don't remember that. I mean, maybe there was, and I just didn't know because I kind of been playing the same way just off memory <clears> as a kid. But I remember how I did it was you had your po- whatever Pokemon was in front, you switch out to whoever Pokemon you needed to beat, beat it, and you just keep on doing that. So the so how you trained it, or at least that's how I did it as a kid. And like I said, that's just how I did it. That's how I still do it. And if I've been doing it wrong, say so that's how you did it then, all the way up until like Diamond and Pearl, I think. But yeah, that that's what you did. <laughs> but I think they did but, have like an XP share item, but. One Pokemon could hold it, and then they would get shared XP or something like that. I thought it was just two, and then like when there's no mercy when you face your rival, uh, you get out of the cave and you're dead. The Zubats want to you wouldn't allow you to run away. You're you're getting murked everywhere, left and right. And then and then as you leave, you think you think you're finally free, and then and then you just see your rival and go, "What's up? Still stuck way back here? <laughs> hey guys, 
You ready to get murked over here? I think you are. I mean, I remember, I remember the first time I did that. I I failed and like I had to start all over. Like there's also a lot of that. Or you know, if you actually, I mean, still to this day, I guess you kind of have it. But yeah, and that's I, that's I why the games. Too, but that's why the games were mid tier for me too. It's like what you said and kind of similar to what I said. Because like that that scenario of you staying up and playing those games, like that's happened to me like more times than I could count. Like where I've just played them so many times, I know the ins and outs, and yeah. like I only pick them up now just for nostalgia. And when they came out on the DS, that's probably the last time I played them when they came out on the DS, and this was a while ago. But I completed the Pokédex like legit, and. Like, me and my buddy, he had red, I had blue, and we traded multiple EVs and did all that and chose our starters and did all that. And, yeah, we worked together to, like, complete the Pokédex legitly just with two copies of the game. And, yeah, it was, it was fun. And you could actually transfer those Pokémon up in the Pokémon Home, so I have a little PC box of those. And, uh yeah... Real, real good memories, but I've just played them too much to even play them yeah. again. I will say this though, <clears throat> I. So if you get past the nostalgia for Gen One for the anime, it's not that good. I mean, there, there's some yeah. iconic, cool, cool episodes. Not... That, like, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't get me wrong. There's some iconic and cool episodes, and I, I love going back and watching them too because I mean, but how much of it is nostalgia? I, I can't tell you, but like. There are some great episodes, but there were future eras that had much better anime. It wasn't terrible because it was so new, right? It was so fresh. So we, it's it, it's hard to say it's the worst or the best, you know. But overall, it, I, I found it to be solid. And oh, it's a magic formula. Ash is on a mission. Something happens. They try to fix it. While they're trying to fix it, here comes Team Rocket. <laughs> That's, that, that was the thing that drove me mad as I binged it. it and then it, they, they beat Team Rocket and solved the problem all in one swoop. That's why I found other gins to be more refreshing with the anime <laughs> because that made it to where it got old. Like, by the time you get to Johto, it gets old. But we can discuss that next. However, I also wanted to say with the TCG, it was also pretty mid, in my opinion, which we kind of went over when it comes to base set like obviously i love base set i collect all of the first era i have all the all the sets and i i i, I love those cards but it's because i grew up with those cards and i want to have them until i die now yeah. in terms of but compared to future eras especially other eras of vintage especially era other gens of watsi it's it it's not even close i mean it's definitely not the worst in the tcg yeah, but it's it's like pure nostalgia. Definitely yeah, definitely the best, that's for sure. I do like the simple look of base set and like yeah, it is nostalgic, but I just like the old look um and the cool Pokemon. Like I like Jungle and Fossil, but they just don't have that cool of Pokemon aside from like Dragonite stuff like yeah, that. They're all in base set. They're all in base set. So, yeah, that's I like the classic look cuz yeah, when it gets into Rocket like, yeah, they have cool Pokemon, but it doesn't look as simple. I think we talked about this before where they tried to change it, but the 
technology wasn't good enough to where like the changes really were cool. <laughs> so, yeah. and it's not as nostalgic, so it kind of lacks now, but it's all also a lot of green <clears throat> and jungle too. I guess it is jungle, right? But yeah, yeah, it's just overall like jungle, especially as you mentioned in, fo- in fossil, just kind of meh. The promos, which you know are cool as well, we haven't really discussed that too much, but and the team rocket even is is so so. Like I mean, the gym we mentioned it with with a lot with an, a few episodes ago. How it wasn't until really the gym sets where it starts picking up when it comes to the art, but they really start hitting their stride in the next generation. Yeah, for sure. But I just want to say one more thing. The Definitely the Pokemon definitely are, it's basically tied first for the for design, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, for the design, I don't think I commented on design, but yeah, it it's up there. Probably... I'd say A A tier or even S tier because, yeah, they set the bar and it was a good bar. Everything that's ever released is compared to that. So, but yeah, with Johto going into Gen 2, yeah, this is where things get a little interesting. Yes, they do. So, uh, uh, well, yeah, you can go ahead since I uh, I ended on the last one. I was going to say the the cards for me, you know, that's that what that's what comes to mind first. Um like we just said the artwork really saw an uptick. Things were a lot more artistic and done really well. There were some themes like ominous themes kind of showcased. There were some light themes kind of showcased with the light pokemon as well. Mm-hmm. Just overall home run on the neo cards and I put those in the, essentially in the S tier. And we've talked about this too, but when you look at the E series cards, the um, Expedition Aquapolis Sky Ridge, uh-huh. you know, like you said, those are really Gen 2, even though a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people think they're Gen 3, but that's because the Gen 3 cards, they look like the E series, but they, There's they a lot aren't. Of similarities. Yeah, yeah. they they went with the same style, but E series was dropped because the product never really took off. But yeah, so a lot of people kind of compare that way. But yeah, when you look at Expedition Aquapolis Sky Ridge, the artwork in those sets, I think are the best the hobby has ever seen, all the way up until we kind of start getting close to that in Sun and Moon. And now yeah. with the alt arts, like I think we're there again. Yeah. But that art was like, I don't know, so top of the line. And then Pokemon went in a phase with Gen three, which we'll talk about. You know, with CGI and stuff like that, new technology. People thought it was cool, but they almost went backwards in design. But those E series cards and those three sets have always been like my favorite artworks of all time. And I never thought anything was close until essentially modern alt arts so it's pretty insane that it's taken that long to impress me again but i am kind of stubborn so that's that's s tier for me as far as the the cards go but for the games i put gold and silver in a tier i mean you can't beat them when you go back to the classics like 
those are almost more classic to me than red and blue. You just have both gins in there. And, you know, a lot of people played red and blue, but when gold and silver came out, everybody and their brother had that one because it was the next one. And people who didn't buy it, you know, the first time around, they heard about this one. And, uh, yeah, it was it was just insane. And I remember, like, getting that as a present kind of unexpectedly. Um, and, yeah, it was it was so it was so cool. That was amazing. So that's A tier for me. However, I put Heart Gold and Soul Silver version in the S tier. I haven't replayed those in a while, but they are they are perfect remakes in a time when the Pokemon games were at their peak. And, you know, I'll talk on that later, but around Platinum and Diamond and Pearl when the games were just filled with so much to do, so much post-game, online battling was like so epic. Um, here comes Heart Gold Soul Silver, which is all of that, you know, built into the OG Gold Silver games, <coughs> and that that just took the cake. I mean, by far the best remakes for sure. And uh, yeah, S tier there. So Gen Two really, really does it for me. And I did watch the anime, and that's up there too. You know, you got to. Shake it up a little bit with a new region. The episodes weren't as dull, but you had the Orange Islands and stuff like that going into Gen 2. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome for me. And the uh, Pokemon designs, I mean, they're up there. You know, Gen, they're probably tied with 1 and 2 for me um, between S and the A tier. They uh, continued with great designs and great world you know, just great region and everything. But that's where I'm at. They're they're pretty high for me. So technically I had Gen two more or less tied for second, which is basically or no tied for third, I guess it would be. So you can argue the third or fourth. Um <laughs> but it's not because of the games. I love the games as well. They it was definitely an improvement from the previous era while also having a lot of similarities. But I was a big fan of the games. It is still kind of ranked in the middle of the pack for me, but when Pokemon has made so many good era games, it's kind of difficult. When you're in the middle of the pack, that means you're doing good. Um, and Gen 2 for Gold and Silver is no exception. I, I actually kind of remember, I actually saved, I had the Gold version. My brother had the Silver. And I saved the original box for years until eventually I was like, you know, my parents was like, you know, clean up stuff. Like, you really need that? I was like, I guess not. And I threw it away. It was near mid. Yes. It was complete in box, obviously, but it was in great condition. But it is what it is. I ended up buying the silver one complete in box that was in complete mint condition. So I got something still. <laughs> and yeah. uh, now the anime, I hate to break this to you, but it's one of the worst. <laughs> yeah i really I, don't remember much about it i just remember being so excited about you know essentially the theme song the theme theme song has to be s tier though okay yeah okay yeah I, <laughs> I agree but the first the first three generations are all s tier probably in terms of their theme songs um now what was so bad about the anime was yeah it was cool 
like he he continued the journey, same cast, but a lot of it was filler. Was a big was a big fault I have against it, and it just felt like sometimes Ash was kind of getting stale with some of his battling. Is kind of what I thought, um, but that's why I ranked it towards the bottom. It's tied for the worst, in my opinion. And what happened um, to the GS ball? Can we not talk about that in twenty twenty two? Like, how do we still not know? <laughs> you know, I think they like to be cryptic, but for you, you know. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is when this is when Ash gets the bike back to Misty. I think is during this anime. I, I like I binge like the first five eras like back to back to back to back, and I did that like back in 2016. So I'm kind of going based on memory, uh, but I think it was during this era that we see the you know the bike has started all. Like oh, I'm gonna get your bike back, Misty. I swear. I swear, I'm, I'm totally good for it. And, you know, that finally happened in, in this time period. Uh, now, you said it as well, but this is the best era for the TCG ever. Um, as you, you also kind of mentioned it, which is kind of foreshadowing, but they're starting to get back to there again. Um, in terms of the art, now, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that point later, but in my opinion, you know, with Sky Ridge, Aquapolis, all the e-reader sets, and you have like Neo Destiny. I mean, I mean, Neo Destiny is really when the art started taking off. I mean, you kind of see it in like Neo Rev and, and a lot of the Neos, but I mean, you yeah. have a little bit of, but in Destiny is really when and they introduced the Shinings. And, yeah, the first couple of Neo sets really felt like base, like basic base set. And then things really started up ticking, for sure. But like, like the art, like he here's what sets the e-reader sets apart. Not only do they have like what thirty hollows a piece, but even the non-hollows were just on point, amazing pieces of art to collect. And that's something that most of the modern doesn't have, unfortunately, because they, they, they are getting better from what I've seen, but like they're just churning out these sets and I feel like, yeah, it's, it's top heavy. It's kind of, it's kind of what I'm feeling like until they're starting to kind of see it. Well, I don't want to say too much, but basically what it's, what sets apart the e-reader sets and even the Neo sets is every single card has great art on it. Now you may not like that art, but every single card does. And when top to bottom common to, to your diamond rares, or your crystals, excuse me, you know, being the most rare for that era, if every single card is a hit, I mean, it's hard to top that. I mean, other sets that are like that are like the, the Bending series. And there's a reason why these cards are like, even in Lightly Played, are mostly like $60 to plus a hollow. Like a lot of times now, from when I was kind of looking in some places, they're approaching like, for a lot of hollows, like over 100 bucks because they feature Gens 1 and 2. And that, that's some of the most expensive gins right there. And each are some of the most <clears throat> lucrative Pokemon. So, Yeah. And in general, most of these cards are in pretty good condition. Like the card quality really improved going into the E-Series. And so for the longest time, you'd find these in pretty good shape. Um, they're pretty rare to find in general now, but... I mean, you find them in better condition than you would think. So, I mean, they're priced, you know, pretty much near mint prices a lot of times. 
But uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely up there on a lot of things. Yeah, don't want to do too much on the TCG because we they are going to have their own episode. But like, I'll just quickly say that these this C sets are expensive to collect. Um, I would say just as much, if not more so, than most modern sets, even with all their secret rares. And I also just want to say as well for the Pokemon, it's kind of in the middle of the pack. It's like top third, I would say, but like barely top third. And a lot of that is because it's basically a continuation of Gen 1. That's what I have not against it. I do know that originally the idea was both of them to be the, basically the same Gen, you know, so they had to split it up. So that, that's why it is that way. I understand that. And, you know, it's hard for me to rank it as high because it's kind of a, a continuation. And I, I like to see there's cool seeing consistent things and themes throughout each generation. But at the same time, I, I couldn't give it such a, a top score compared to some of the other ones because of that. But it is close towards the top. Yeah. Just it's like in like it's on that cut. It's like you have your S tier, then you kind of have your A tier. That's kind of where I have Oto at. So for sure, yeah, it's uh, tough. Tough shoes to fill for sure. And uh, I wonder if we're gonna get a Let's Go Johto game or something like that that'd be pretty cool that'd be pretty fun yeah that'd be pretty fun i actually never played let's go because i didn't have a have this switch back then and i've been thinking like oh i should but it, you know it, w- it would be fun but i'm too busy with scarlet and violet <laughs> it's really so. simple and you can beat it really quick really um but it's mostly cool to see the visuals and to see like mm-hmm the updated graphics of the nostalgic world. But yeah, you, you go through the game just like you normally do. And yeah, it's, it's pretty easy, but pretty cool just to see. I, uh, it was one of the four games I beat before Scarlet and Violet. You know, I, I played let's go sword and shield and Arceus and beat them all leading up to Scarlet like a month before. So I got a little burned out um, when I started Arceus, but that's uh, that's one of my favorite games. But I guess we should move on to Gen 3. Oh, I'm ready. <clears throat> Ruby I'm and ready. Sapphire. So at this point, this is when I pretty much got out of the games, got out of the hobby a little bit. Um I did play them. I played Emerald version. I still, to this day, don't think I've played Ruby and Sapphire. Like, those are the only games I haven't played um, in some way. But, you know, of course, I did play Emerald, which is essentially the same thing. And the remakes. Um, I do think the remakes are very good remakes. They added in a lot of new stuff, you know, origin forums and stuff like that. Um, so it wasn't like Soul Silver where it was just straight remake and classic stuff. <laughs> they had their own twist to it, and it was needed. The online battling was okay, but that's when they started having the gimmicks, you know. Um, I put these games in my B tier, and that's pretty much where this gen's going to be across the board for me. 
the cards and the old school EXs are really cool. Um, if we talk about like secret rares, these are probably going to be S tier for me because it is the era of the gold stars. Some of my favorite cards of all time. Um, if I had to pick one category of card that I could collect and only that, it would definitely be gold stars. And I thought about doing that before, but yeah, to me, those are like tip top of the hobby and everyone else is sleeping on them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just general, you know, pretty good across the board. They had a lot of cool things in the games, like the, I think it was the hideouts and stuff like that or secret bases, maybe which they had some of that in Diamond and Pearl. Um, yeah, I mean, what else is there to say about it? So I think Not the too games, much. Well, I think the games were... I think each era got progressively better overall. You know, each one had their GM from, from their era. So I, I did rank that one by on par slightly better than Johto, but... Now, what but separates? You didn't have multiple regions, though. Yeah, I know. But is, if I'm not mistaken, the only one ever with multiple regions was Gen Two. Um, That's why it's the top. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool if one day. That would be cool. We'll kind of touch it up on this later. But if they ever made it to where you could access every single, like, have it be a crazy. Maybe even make it RPG, like, you know, esque. I guess it, it already kind of is, isn't it, in some ways? But, yeah, um, a little it, bit. Yeah, if you, but like, just have it be this epic where you can go on this grand tour of just every single era. I, I think that would go down as the greatest Pokemon game ever. But that hasn't happened yet. It had to be open world, and every region's open world. Oh my God. That's that's I've thought about that before. So yeah, what if it was like at the game you picked your character and kind of like picking a school or something in like Harry yeah. Potter, you picked what region you started in and then that's where like your home was. That was like your home world. But yeah, you could visit other worlds and catch Pokemon there and battle people there. Just have it be all totally open world. Every Pokemon available to catch immediately, or if you if you got to do it a little bit, whatever, because I know they they got to milk it, whatever. Yeah, and only that Pokemon to that gen is you know in that region. Yeah, and you have to do a certain thing to like get it accepted or go to that region and stuff like that, and like make it like a a traveling game and like MMO and just it'd be insane, dude. Yeah, but. Anybody you run across, you can interact with, and you can battle or trade or do whatever. That's like so, thirty years down the road, though. Knowing Game Freak and their, uh... I mean, it is literally. <laughs> it could be like they should take, but you know, they also could do what they did with Arceus, and they could make it to where they could go back to the. Well, they didn't really go to ancient times, even though they tried to say they did, but it felt like it was like 400 years in the past. Anyways, they could do that with every era, too. Every single era. If they just they gave the rights, like, to a company nice. and then made it for <laughs> PC, like, this could be a game we have next year. But since it's in Game Freak's hands, like, it's probably going to be 30 years before we have that. Yeah. So. But, 
I will say, kind of moving on from the games, is the anime I actually ranked about on par with Jihen 1. Um, there was some stale moments, especially with Ash, it felt like. And then this is where some parts of Team Rocket, like, oh my god. Uh, but there are some cool moments, too. Um, cause they introduced another character to compare it with in May. Uh, but they also have the Battle Frontier. And the Battle Frontier, in my opinion, is what... It's it's some of the best. I thought whenever I was watching it, it is it was awesome. Now, I mean, it helps that, that Ash and Pikachu actually like win every single time. Uh, but I think they like they didn't really t- tackle that until most recently with his winning um, and with this cord and shield. I'm having a brain fart on the uh, on the region for some reason. Uh, uh, Galler. Galler, that's it. Um, yeah, we're talking about Hone. <laughs> but uh, so with the Behel Frontier, I think it, it was pretty much some of the best until then. Um, but a lot of, but leading up to that point, it was kind of slow at, at times. Um, so it's kind of why it's in the, in the middle of the pack. Um, but I have the EX era as basically just built just behind gen 2 in terms of eras and the tcg yes you know you touched up on the gold stars that's definitely part of that but the ex era the original ex era i mean i feel like the era is still slept on i we i don't want to get too much away because we're going to have a episode on this as well but like there are a lot of slept on cards in these sets and like i'm looking through a few of these like I'm, well, I was looking through Petty Gaming, and I was kind of seeing the prices on some of these cards and near mint. Some of near mint are already okay, pricey, right? There already are some, but those are your S tier Pokemon. It seems like there are a lot of cards that lightly play near mint that were pretty affordable when it comes to the EXs, and I'm like, you know what? That just doesn't seem right to me, especially with how important they are in the hobby, especially when discussing the overall artwork but just you know when discussing the the importance of that era to the hobby and how it's the lost era if you will because that's when most people were out of the hobby i was already on the Yu-Gi-Oh at this point getting yeah. my Yu-Gi-Oh card stolen <laughs> in sixth grade <laughs> Same. uh but yeah. yeah been there done that uh but this era like the one i'm, I'm looking at right now is the haiku ex and um, X Deoxys, which is one of the rarest sets ever, probably the rare set, and that one's pretty cool. That Raikou's pretty neat, but like, there's just a like, there's a lot of good EX cards. That's where they you, you discuss as well, where you kind of have the best of where they found themselves in Gen Two, but they kept on finessing it and introduced like new elements, and it really made. That part seemed fresh, even though most people weren't even even in the hobby at at this point. Yeah. And, and there's actually one card in here. I was looking at it. I hadn't known that this card existed before, but it is the uh, secret rare Charmander from Dragon. Um, okay, so that hollow on that card is incredible. It is. It's hard to describe it. If you haven't seen the hollow on that card, go and look at it. And I'm hyping myself up because that's one of the cards I'm getting when I'm going in on Sunday for Yeti Gaming. And I am thrilled to death. It is gorgeous. It, it really is. It's, it's stunning. Yeah, it's a like pretty the, good one. 
Yeah. I think they have a Charmeleon in that set too, right? They do. And the Charizard. Yeah. Yeah, those are pretty good. Um, The Charizard's kind of bad. There's a lot of good stuff in, yeah, that Gen 3 that just, yeah, people just kind of lost. Like, people knew Neo, so people kind of collect Neo eventually. Yeah. But, yeah, not very many people went into Gen 3. Like, that's where I stopped originally. Well, it's also, that's really when they upped the ante when it came to sets that they were making and like they start going on like a timetable and it became more systematic which is you know to represent more modern how we see pokemon release sets um but like actually like the team rocket returns to like you know this dark shading on all these pokemon like looking innocent i mean it, it even matches on like the cards like it's just so good and yeah, you started I, having theme sets like Sandstorm, yeah, and, yeah, Rocket Returns, and Fire Red Leaf Green. Like, started uh, having sets like tied to something or some theme. You know, the Sweet EX and 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 like the Snorl, like the Rocket Snorlax. It's just and like the hollow pattern is what makes is what really sets these cards apart. It seems like like it's something you kind of starting to see Pokemon go back to to, to an extent with. Uh, texture as well but it almost feels like it like there's like a texture to it when you're looking at it and that's something that pokemon is doing more but it's just they just don't make them like, like they used to nathan they just don't make them but i mean that's really what i think and i think this era of pokemon is ranked towards the top for me in terms of design i have this era tied with uh gen one actually as the best art like the best design for Pokemon. And I actually have this era as the best Pokemon era. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's got, because it does everything right. Like it, it, there's one that excels at with the um, design in my opinion, but everything else, it just does everything else right. And there's some area where it lacks, but it doesn't lack enough in my opinion to compensate for, for, how well it does in other areas like this one was was pretty tough like i mean this one is where i'm not sure if my biases are also coming through because the legendaries from gen 3 are some of my personal favorite and it's even we grew i grew up with gen 1 but you know gen 1 2 3 i mean even 4 they're like they're all like it's hard it was it's really hard um but i had hoen as my number one era so yeah, it's weird. I mean, if I had to place it, I mean, it would be like number four-ish for me. Like I said, all all my stuff's kind of B-tier across the board. But, yeah, interesting. It's your number one. Yeah, I mean, that, that's why I'd be curious where it's like, you know, if we got in this to actually like have a group of us like rate it to try to get more of a consistency to rule out subjectivity. It would be it would be an interesting to see because I think Gen three would still be high, but I don't think it would be ranked number one. Um, but I think it is in that conversation. I think some people would agree as well. I think most would say Gen one, but <laughs> yeah. I guess I think I said it when we were talking about it. But my number one overall would be Gen two, even though I don't really like, you know, I don't collect much in that Gen. But it's just those e reader sets. 
just really take it to the top for me. And then the nostalgic I have for the games and memories to those, you know, are even stronger. And like, I haven't played those as much as the originals, so maybe it's just the the thought that I haven't went back and played them too. But um, yeah, Gen Three is tough though. If it was narrowed down to just the cards, it's definitely S tier because mostly of the gold stars and fire red leaf green is like one of my favorite sets of all time. They got some really cool cards, awesome EX cards, and it's basically an entire EX set of Gen 1. Because that's the set when Fire Red Leaf Green came out. Yeah, the EX of that card with the birds, those are some of the best artwork for the birds. Yeah, and they have like a special hollow, like Shattered Ice hollow. Mm Mm-hmm. And the reverse hollows have like a cutout of a Pokeball on the text box that's also holographic. You know, it it was an era when they did reverse hollows that actually looked cooler than the hollows, if you can believe that. So you have to look up some EX set reverse hollows. I mean, they're just insane. But yeah, if it was just a TCG, Gen 3 would probably, probably be number one, honestly. Um,. Even though I don't really care for the Pokemon all that much. Designs are okay. But just the uh, style. <laughs> just the style. <laughs> and the gold stars. But. So Gen 4. Where do we go for Gen 4? Man. So this is the old Diamond and Pearl when they uh, first went to the DS. Now, I'm just going to say right now. Diamond and Pearl might be the, you know, I don't want to say the most nostalgic because that's gold, silver, just for the memories. But this is like the second most nostalgic for me. This is when I really got back into the hobby pretty heavily. And it all started with the games. Um like right when these games came out we were bringing our game boys to high school we kind of started like a little thing where people would bring their game boys and play their old pokemon games and it all branched from like a late night gaming session of gears of war 2 which we played way too much of and we just busted out our old game boys and started checking them out but it all eventually led to us like buying DSs. A lot of people bought DSs and played Diamond and Pearl like in my friend group. And we'd play Ultimate Frisbee after school. We'd go to the park and battle Diamond and Pearl after Frisbee and just train Pokemon. Like I went all into like breeding and getting new Pokemon to train for battles. And I just went all in. I had like a ridiculous amount of hours on this game. Like, I think 600 or something or more <laughs> on Diamond and Pearl original. I'll have to check my game card. But, yeah, this this game and the online battling and everything is probably S-tier for me. Um, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl were great. They weren't as nostalgic. You know, it had the different art style because it was made by that other company. But it was it was great for remakes. But the post game on that, you could catch a ton of legendaries on the post game, 
which was nice. Um, overall, though, I had the gin pretty much in the A area. Diamond and Pearl cards were just not that great. Um, you had some level X's come into play, which, again, super nostalgic for me because those were the chase cards when I was really back into it. I pulled a lot of level X cards myself and stuff like that. I love the simplicity of the sets during those eras because a hollow was a good pull and the chase cards that were, you know, so-called secret rares or chase cards, there was only like one to three in a set and odds are, you know, you're going to hit one of those if you buy a booster box. So you could actually do it. You know, you're not chasing 30 cards that have a one in 1000 pack rate, you know, like you are today. Um, so overall, the nostalgia really brings that higher to me, higher than the OG games, which is kind of surprising. But uh, yeah, very solid all around. I think the designs were great. I think the designs were better this gen than Gen 3. Um, mostly because after this in black and white, which we'll talk about, you know, things started kind of declining, in my opinion. Yep. I have the same way. <laughs> but, yeah, this was like, this was like close to the peak of the games and like the post-game battling and online battling. Black and white was good too, but it had some things that were just kind of eh. But Diamond and Pearl, as far as the classic experience goes, which I want to mention that too because... This is kind of the last game I see that was like straight up classic Pokemon. Like nothing too crazy. You know, you had the gin, you got the badges. You had a lot of stuff to do in the post game, chasing down the legendaries. Just that classic experience. This is the game that I would recommend to anybody. Like if someone's like, what's a, what's a cool Pokemon game to play? I don't really care to, you know know the originals or do that because there's there's not really a good game to play the originals on you have let's go which is like a different experience but if you want to actually play something besides that it's like fire red leaf green which is like on the game boy advance so you don't have a game like diamond and pearl which holds up and then if you need even a little more brilliant diamond and shining pearl are like modern and they're straight up remakes like that. That's the only modern classic experience you can get is Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. You know, they did a really good job keeping it simple on that game. And I love the remakes. But yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I, I'm at. Kind of a across the board, you know, some aspects top tier better than Gen 1. Not quite as good as Gen 2 better than Gen 3. But mm. nostalgia is a big factor there. But they are solid. So, yeah, see, I do love me some Gen 4. Don't not get me wrong. It's You have a lot of uh, carryover evolutions from the first... Or not evolutions, but also e evolutions. But you have a lot of carryover from previous gens in terms of new second-tier Evolution line. Magnezone, Liquidity, Hyperior, Tangrowth, Elective Year by Motor Tokus, you know, you, you may get, like, there's there's a lot. Um, yeah, it was and, exciting. It was the first time that's happened. Like, yeah. You had you a little Lucario, bit in Johto. Got Chomp, 
if it's Fear Tomb, like there are a lot of good ones. I I did rank this high in terms of the Pokemon design, but I put it just below Hoenn. But I mean, we're talking basically. I have them as this as the just behind Kanto and Hoenn. I have Sinnoh, and it's not much behind. I'll just say that in terms of uh, design. And this gen is also very high up. It's basically tied for you know third or second overall. Like it's kind of it kind of go back and forth on a couple one. And my of rankings I did they came, this one came up fourth um, overall. But there's certain things I like more than the one that came ahead of it. Now a few of the things that I do like a lot about this generation is the. Uh, animate from this era um i think that Sinnoh is arguably one of the best eras and especially of the older eras for pokemon um it just felt like ash was pretty confident or and pretty competent and confident in like the way that they had him do things yeah. so it just seems like he, he kind of carried over from the battle frontier in my opinion um now also the new girl that they featured uh who is it was it dawn dawn that's it that's it yeah dawn um i thought she was pretty interesting um she seemed to have pretty good character development and then the rival paul i thought was pretty good as well um but I felt like this is definitely one of the better eras uh, for, for the anime. Definitely towards the top. I had it actually as probably the third best for the anime overall. Um, now, the games I had, it was kind of in the middle of the pack, but still very good games. You know, when I say still the pack, I mean, there's a lot in the middle of the pack. Sometimes you just can't decide between which one. It's just, it goes down to... How you how I was feeling, or how you how you might be feeling that day. Um, now the TCG, I have it ranked lower than the first three gens. Um, now that's not saying that it's not good because I love the level X's. I actually collect some of the level X's. I, I, it's kind of Every now and then I'll get myself one here and there. Um, and obviously you have Arceus and, and how Arceus has his entire set. So I do rank it highly, but I also think what kind of makes me put it kind of lower than some of the other eras is they have cool level X's, but it seems like some of the art for the common art is kind of dull. Yeah. I kind of see... Uh, parts of Diamond and Pearl as kind of like the beginning of true modern in some ways. Um, and you see that with the commons and rares. Or like, you know, the non-super rare cards you kind of see that with. And that's why I ranked it lower than the previous generations. Now it's top-heavy a little bit, but you still have great hollows. So that's why it's good... But I also put it ahead of certain eras that we're going to be talking about here shortly. Um, now, 
I think level X's, we'll, we'll discuss this more, but I think some level X's are slightly undervalued. I, they were, I know most people might not think they're anything special, but, you know, a lot of people, they're printed, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think they're cool looking. I, I, I really do. Like, they keep the cool hollow pattern. It's like jumping out of the artwork, but it's not crazy like they did with the with the new EX cards or some of the newer EX card, I guess you can say. Yeah. So, obviously, I love the level X's, but not quite as much as some of the previous gens. Yeah, it's uh, it's good across the board, like I said, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a special place for me more than other stuff. But I'd almost say my, my nostalgic for this era is, you know, the highest because just all the collecting and getting back into it and. I even did a YouTube channel back then, and yeah, it was simpler times for sure, but yeah, should have stuck with that channel. Maybe I'd be one of the big Poketubers today. You'd be ripping packs, bro. Yeah. You'd be, yeah. <laughs> probably, probably lost all enjoyment out of collecting. and Just soul sucked from your body. Yeah. I'd be like a, oh, the gym leader. On uh, Scarlet and Violet, the normal type gym leader. <laughs> just completely blank earth or blank face, just no yeah. soul. Just, what what yeah. is his name? I just... Oh, God, I, I can't even remember. God, I'm terrible when it comes to names. I'm terrible when names when it comes in games. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. You guys will know once you get there. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, this was a good era for sure. It really was. But how about that black and white? So black and white, it was the games were so good that they came out with the sequel. Yeah, this was the first time they, uh, you know, didn't do the classic one, two, and then, you know, kind of a rehash. So, you know, you had yellow version and you had crystal version and emerald and even in diamond and pearl came platinum um all of which added a little bit to the game but overall pretty much the same this was the first time they shook things up and they just came out with black and white too so i have a a thing to say about that though and there's a reason i think they did that but okay I guess uh, you want me to go ahead and go? Yeah, yeah, go, go ahead and say it, yeah. So, yeah, these games for me are... They're, they're not the peak for battling or the Pokemon design or, you know, what they are. But these games in particular have the best Pokemon story out of every single game to this date. Like, even Scarlet and Violet. Like, these games are the best ones for story. And I don't know why they haven't been, you know, expanded on or other games haven't, you know, did what Black and White did. But that's why there's a Black and White too, Because the story driving these games is, like, the best. You know, it's nothing, like, insane, you know, these these are Pokemon, these are Game Freak Pokemon games we're talking about here. But, uh, 
yeah, they they are actually like a good story. My favorite character out of all the anime TCG games is in it. It's in. Um, his story is just so good. It's, you know, got me to fall in love with those games. Um, the online battling, it wasn't as hype as it was in Diamond and Pearl. I had a lot of, you know, friends who played and, you know, we played it quite a bit, but nothing like Diamond and Pearl. Diamond and Pearl was just like magical, but I think there was a stain on black and white because of, um, they had like a slight design change, you know, start off with, but a lot of hate was really in the TCG. They swapped the hollow pattern to this god awful like line modern looking trash <laughs> and i don't want to hate on any black and white era cards cuz they did bring back full art cards or that's when yeah. full art started so that's when the hype changed but yeah the normal hollow which you know nowadays people wouldn't care, but this is when hollows were still hits to pull. Like you opened packs in Diamond and Pearl era, you know, you were excited to pull a hollow. Um, black and white was where that changed, and it was just not good. The hollows sucked. There was hardly any good secret rares. Um, they very quickly with what I want to say within the first three sets, like, let me look at this here. Yeah. They didn't do EX the first set. Well, it was like, so they had black and white base and then they had emerging powers, which is the worst Pokemon set of all time. Like (laughs) go look at emerging powers. You think steam siege is bad. Emerging powers has had this trophy, you know, since 2011. It's it's bad. So it really started off. Oh on wow, a, God. Oh yeah. Look at look I at the chase through. cards in there. Yeah, that's why I said, Oh wow, God. Because like <laughs> the art isn't terrible in some of these cards. Like, you know, isn't really any Pokemon you might be used to. It's a lot of Gen Five as you can imagine. But they it's literally Tornadus and Thunderous as the the chase cards. And that's it. <laughs> it's like yeah, it, it's bad. And they are full arts, and they look cool, but they're bad. Nobody was excited about those Pokemon either. Like, they were kind of lackluster. The next set wasn't much better. Yeah. You might think differently because it has N in it, and full art. But, I mean, yeah. it's literally the Verizon, Turokion, and Cobalion trio with Victini and then N. I mean... I just want to interject here real fast and say there's a reason why I have this as one of the, well, no, it is the worst era. Like, I have it (laughs) as the worst era for the TCG, and it's not particularly close, unfortunately. Um, Now, that's not to say there aren't cool cards. There there are some cool EX cards in here. Um, What is it? Phantom Forces? That's got the Gengar? No, am I looking at Gen 6? It's Phantom Forces Gen 6. I think it is. But no, they do have some cool. I think Phantom freeze. Phantom Forces is yeah XY. Gen six, yeah it is. No, I so I had the wrong one up. 
but like they do have so they they got these cool cards that are secret rares that I, I do like. Um, it's got like gold around the border. Those are neat little cars that they have from this era. Yeah, they uh, they had I, some shiny ones in there too. Yeah, and they like, had a, those cards are, are unique and cool. Yeah, so like, they, they tr- it was it was just like a really bad start to the TCG. It is where they introduced full arts. Like black and white base had a uh, Reshiram and Zekrom full art and a Pikachu secret rare. So that. You know, it was kind of cool to pull those cards, but they were weird. They were real basic looking and yeah, not, not all that cool. Um, so yeah, just, I don't know. The game story was just so good, but everything else about black and white just really lacked. Um, even people who are really into collecting like black and white was just kind of eh, but this is also one of the most important um, shifts in the hobby or the most important time frames for shifting things in the hobby, I think. Because what I was going to say is, you know, look at black and white, then look at emerging powers. I don't know if the backlash or the, you know, upset customers shifted this, but this is where the modern playbook was created. And I say that because you go into Noble Victories, it's another okay set. They did have like five secret rares, I think it was, or maybe six with a Meowth thrown in there. But full arts were still cool. But then you go into Next Destinies and they shake things up. So this is when the EX cards came back. And this was, like this got people excited for the card game like actually playing it collecting it again the last three sets were kind of dull and i don't know if that's why they pivoted and brought back the exs but this was like huge um this is when i made a deck and played in an actual like state tournament um where i haven't played ever before so it got me to play and like it was really thriving. So this really shifted the focus onto uh competitive play and what the future might hold. But, yeah, I'll, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, even though it was introduced, there was only six secret rares as EXs. And then each one of those had a full art version which I think the full art was the one that was like considered a secret rare. But then you had actual numbered secret rares, which were four shiny cards, which were like Imbor, Chandelure, Zoroark, and yeah. Hydreigon. They had a lot of those too. That were, they, they had one of Empoleon I actually like. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of. Um, but yeah. I, uh, yeah, I have this ranked towards the bottom. There is a lot of cards there is a lot of good cards in here, but overall, it's just plain, and you kind of start to see the full aspect of the modern artwork. Kind of, there's some cool common rares, but overall, it leaves a lot to be desired. There is anything. There are only a handful of cards like, wow, I need to collect that, but there isn't anything in the list like, oh, I need to collect these EX cards or oh, I need to click collect a few of these. It's like honestly, like there are a cool, a few cool EXs like with new. In Ho-Oh, um, 
But overall, I put this set as the least exciting compared to all the other eras. Um, but the anime wasn't half bad. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's mostly important because of that shift to modern. And like I say that looking at the sets because like when those EX cards came back in Next Destinies... Um, if you look ahead, like three, four sets later, when you get into Plasma Storm, Plasma Freeze, Plasma Blast, that's when the floodgates were opened. I mean, that's when, like, the moment in time where they started just having, you know, six EXs plus, like, five secret rares plus, like, every EX can have a full art. Like, that's when they opened the floodgates. And ever since then, you know, it's been some variant that has led us to where we are today. Yeah. Like, those early Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum sets, that was, like, the cream of the crop to, like, collect sets. You didn't have a whole lot to chase. They were cool. But you got into black and white. A, you were upset at the style. When they announced a cool style and the EX's return, they just flood it with, like, too many things to collect. So, yeah, it was yeah, it was a weird wanna, time. I want to say don't don't want to go too much into detail because we still have to do an episode on this on this era, this specific era. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. uh, I guess we could say but, that for the rest of them. Like, you yeah, know, we don't like, want to go in too much. Yeah, you're, I was trying to change the subject there, but <laughs> like, like this is good stuff. But we still have to make an episode for for that one. Well, let's does, let's move on yeah. to the next one. So. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will just say real fast for the design. Uh, I say there's some good Pokemon in this one, Gen Five. But I think of the first five gens, this is probably the weakest in terms of design, in my opinion. This is where it feels like they were kind of starting to. I don't want to say run out of ideas, but they started experimenting with some of the things that they had for for um, yeah appearances in Pokemon. Like there's some good ones. Don't get me wrong. I was going to say that, too. Um, like, yeah, the design definitely lacked, too. Like, there wasn't that yeah. cool of Pokemon. There no, was there some, was a Chandelure, but... Haxorus, you know. I think, wasn't L- Hitwick in this generation? Was that Unova? Uh, if if Chandelure was, then yeah. Oh, yeah, Chandelure, duh. Yeah. But then you have the you have Z-Crum Restaurant, yeah. Keldeo... Karim, like I mean, yeah, there's some good ones, but like, I mean, even those you mentioned, like I don't think they they look kind of weird to me. Like yeah. they they tried to do like a modern like tweak stuff, which you could see that in the cards themselves. But yeah, I don't know, it just didn't land for me. Yeah. But anyway, moving on to X Y. So yeah, X Y. I mean. I'll kind of recap this one pretty quick, um, which I'll recap, you know, the rest of them kind of quick, I think. X and Y, the games were okay, but they didn't have that magic that, you know, nostalgia had or the story that Black and White had. You could definitely tell it kind of went back to what it was. But they they were solid, and... The things that these games shined at were the post-game and the breeding and battling. 
this was the game I battled on the most. If you don't count like in-person battling, like I played this one a lot online and I got really competitive battling because the megas in the games and that mechanic was just awesome. But, um, the anime though, I didn't really watch cards were okay. They were an improvement from black and white, but they were still real heavy on secret rares, chases and experimenting stuff. Like they had the break cards, which were kind of terrible in my opinion. They're kind of like the original rainbow rares, you know, the, every card looks the same and not exciting. But there are a yeah. couple cool EX cards though. Like the Gengar EX from this era is really, really cool. There are some cool EXs, so I agree with you. It's still not the best, but it had to step up. However, the reason why I rank this era higher than uh Unova mainly and potentially even on rivaling like Gen 4 in some ways, is the XY promos. Um, Like, we haven't really talked too much about it between each one, but I did take the promos into consideration. However, for after Gen, after Wasi era, most of the promos sucked until you got to Gen 6 or XY. This is when the promos go into the stratosphere. This is when the promos, some of the most iconic promos, some of the most sought-after cards in this hobby are in this era when it comes to the XY promos. And it's not particularly close. Your favorite card, Nathan, is in this era. Yeah. I was going to say that. Like, yeah, I agree. They they were lacking on normal sets. And, you know, they were so-so. They were experimenting new stuff. They brought... EXs and Megas into the games made the games competitive wise like amazing that's why we still have gimmicks like every game because Megas were just so cool and every game since then had their own little gimmick and Megas are still the best ones for me um, so yeah like this is no doubt the top game for online battling but definitely the top as well for those promos I mean this is where it all started. This was where they started to trickle out, you know, special products and really started to put more effort into promos and unique releases. And yeah, Pokemon was gaining popularity and they just really rolled with it. I don't think they would have made some decisions that they made if they had just, you know, seen that it was just going to keep going in popularity and just get ridiculous. Um, cause yeah, they made some really limited cards, really limited products. Um, a lot of like one off trophy cards or like event cards. Like yep. there was like cards given out at birthday parties for like Ishihara's 60th birthday that were given out. Yeah. That were given out to people like at the party. And like, that's yeah. the only way you could get the card. Like just, yeah. Yeah, there's just some crazy stuff, and uh, that's where the, most, the crazy chase started. I would say one of the most unique cards in the hobby is um, XY Promo 298. That was given to the 20th Anniversary Countdown event. Um, 
and tickets which are only available by lottery to 100 people. And this thing, it has the Canto starters on it and the face of, I forget, what, what was the importance of her? She has some sort of importance within the, within the Pokemon franchise. I'm not sure what. I don't know the story behind this car too much. Um, I just know it's super, super rare and really, really weird looking. Yeah. It has like an actual person. I like, like an actual person's face on it. I read the, uh, there was an E4 thread on her before, but it, it's really weird. Yeah. There's a lot of cards like this around this time where it's like just crazy rare stuff. <clears throat> but yeah, it, it's it's wild. It has um, this era has the Mario Luigi Pikachu full arts with that beautiful foiling, that OG foiling. That's probably why I like these cards so much. Not beyond the fact that like it's Mario and Luigi, but I think the fact that it has that foiling on it, like from the OG era. It's got your twentieth anniversary Fiesta. Your Team Rocket case. Here comes T-Rocket and Giovanni Sheen. It's a $5,000 card. You got your Charizard EX-276, the one that some homages were paid This uh, with the Alt-Art V Charizard. Um, I mean, and then you got the Ponchos. <laughs> you got your Poke Center. Am I even the first? This was the era they first started doing the Poke Center uh, promos, if I'm not mistaken, uh-huh. when it comes to like the, the, all the Pikachus. Fun, yeah, it was, yeah, it, there's just so much to cover with promos, which yeah, we, we'll yeah. talk about. Yeah, this is good. Like, there's a reason why XY is going to be its own episode. Now, I'm talking too much. Thanks for stopping me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that card that with that lady on it, 298, it's yeah. fun fact for that. That's, I think there's only three Pokemon cards that are not actually Pokemon. Like, you have trainers and all that, but. That's one of the three cards that's not an actual Pokemon with, like, hit points and stuff. It's like a person. What about that promo from uh, The Secrets of the Jungle? Is that one of them? Uh, I think it was, yeah, Coco. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, that's one of them. So you have Coco, that's like a person. Then you have, like, Buried Fossil from, like, Sky Ridge, which was like a fossil, but it had HP and attacks and all that. And then you have this random singer or whatever she is. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty insane. She is a Japanese singer and former member of the band Suzuki-san. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know. So I uh, also wanted to say that I ranked the anime as probably the best um, Kalos now, you could potentially argue a gym we haven't discussed yet might surpass it, but this is where some biases for me might come through as well. I mentioned before how when Pokemon Go came out, I started watching Pokemon. I needed everything to know about Pokemon. I needed more, 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 more. And what was going on was the Kalos and the XY era, uh, or the XY anime. And I love this anime because it wasn't Team Rocket blasting off again! You know, it wasn't that every single episode, and there was every character had a cool side story. Every character, it wasn't just it wasn't just about Ash. There was other cool stuff going on. There was these cool legendaries, and you had Megas, which was so cool. 
I wish they would do more megas. They haven't done it yet, and they're really they're really missing out. They need to do more. Because um, every starter should have a mega or something. I don't know. It's yeah, cool every it, every mechanic or gimmick since megas has not been good. Like no, you had Z moves, and then you had you know Gigantamax, Gigantamax. and now you have Terrestrialize. All look stupid in some way or the other. <laughs> But Megas were just so cool. It was like a totally des- new design Pokemon. It was like a new Evolve. It was like if Blastoise or whatever would evolve, this is what it would look like. And that's what made them so cool. And, and they're missing out. It's like they, you know, I want to see a Greninja evolve. Like they kind of had a quasi one with the uh, Ash Greninja, but it still wasn't quite the same thing. Uh, but yeah, there's just a lot of starters I would prefer to see. And we won't get it unless they somehow the next era or whatever the only way i could see it is if they have like like the game we discuss every era is included in this game and including more megas that would be awesome yeah yeah like just the, just the online battling i wish everyone who would be competitive in pokemon could like play xy online like it was just so good and yeah, I just played a lot of it. It's what really set me into like competitive play and making teams and all that. I did a little bit in Diamond and Pearl, but I didn't spend a whole lot of time making the absolute perfect Pokemon. And X and Y definitely did. <clears throat> it was like that's when they first kind of got to the 3D era, though. Too like they had a the main city, the biggest city in that game was 3D. Where when you entered the city, you could walk around and the buildings would turn and all that. So that was, you know, they they left the traditional Pokemon experience and started going that route. And that continued with Sun and Moon, which is the next ones on our list. Well, yeah, just, just real fast. I, I think the design of Kalos is the best in the modern era. I know it's a smaller generation, and a lot of that is because of the Megas, but not just because of the Megas. The legendaries of that era are all fantastic. You got Xerneas, Yavetl, Zygarde, um, Hoopa, you know, and even Volcania. Like, there's a lot of good legendaries in there, and it, I rank that as the best modern. I actually, fun fact, I rank Kalos as my S tier, as, as one of the ones in, in the S tier. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, like, yeah. <laughs> I disagree. Aside from the game, like battling, I the <laughs> the thing that puts it apart because you agree that like it has some one of the best aspects of creating. So you know it's one of the better games, and the anime. I think people that watch the anime would agree that one is one of the best. Um, now the biggest thing that's hunkering it down really is the TCG, <clears throat> the promos. It's what's giving that era life, straight up. Yeah. But there are some good EXs, and you know, I love me some the Evolution set. But yeah, S tier <laughs> for for online battles <laughs> and promos. All right, well, Sun and Moon. The promos are the only thing saving this gen. Let's just cut to the chase. <laughs> the games they tried to do like semi open and it was the Hawaiian Islands, so it kind of made sense that it was small and I think that's kind of why they did it but I think you know it's by far the smallest region 
does kind of make sense with being Hawaii, but like, I don't know. The games were just, they made another shift here. Like they went backwards and it was so handholdy. They, they wanted to make it, you know, super easy for people, which the games have never been hard. I don't know why they thought they had to hold your hand, but the first hour of these games is just mind numbing and it doesn't get much better. Like I remember when ultra sun ultra moon came out, it was a, it was the least fun I've had playing any Pokemon game is replaying those Pokemon games. And, uh, yeah, it was terrible. You had Z moves, which were okay. I mean, they're o- they're only okay because now we know like what came after. But <laughs> they they were okay. They weren't as good as Megas like from the get go. The games were cool to explore and catch legendaries, but I don't know. It it was just it was bad playing these games uh tcg wise though they do have some great stuff i mean better than uh black and white next and y i think not as good as diamond and pearl but kind of close but if you look at the promos i mean the greatness of x and y just continued right in the sun and moon they did go a little overboard. There was a lot more promos in Sun and Moon, so it was kind of flooded. But there are some great ones, no doubt. A lot of smaller promos that are not as expensive. You know, they started taking that formula that did so well and just making more. Um, had the screen promos, like just all kinds of events. Promos for everything, special Pikachu cards, surfing Pikachus, and well, this is yeah, this is kind of where they also really went hard when it came to the Poke Center promos as well, and not just the box ones like you had with the Ponchus and a few of the other high-end promos. I mean, you kind of, they kind of, you know, that Team Skull Pikachu kind of, like, they started off from it, but then all of these Ponchu Pikachus and Ponchu Eevees, I mean, first off, these promos are incredible. But even the cheap promos, like with Ash's Pikachu, like from the I Choose You movie, are great. I've actually collected all those. I love those cards. They're so simple, but you just love them. And they're so easy to get, which makes them great. They're, they're great for the hobby. Um, but, I mean, this... It's ridiculous how expensive it is for the promos because just all the team bosses with Pikachu, a lot of these Poke Center promos ain't cheap. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite is uh, Sakura's Apple Pikachu. I got that one in the PSA 10. That's nice. my personal phase from this era, yeah. But like the Scream ones, you know, I love me that Psyduck. Yeah, the TCG's really what. What saves the gin for me? Because, yeah, they, they got some great promos. Uh, Sun and Moon is the only sole game down in my E tier. Lowest tier on the tier maker. And Ultra Sun Ultra Moon are the D tier. So, the only game in my D tier. <laughs> so And 
Yeah, I we don't want to say too much on this because I really want to go more in depth. But this is where we see a lot of the similarities for the current era. And this is really where they learn that better art, Pokemon and the art, and even all arts, quote unquote, not with the tier, but with the design. You see that a little bit in XY with some of the promos. But you really begin seeing it in this era. And, I mean, you start seeing some of the gold cars with the landscapes, which I personally love. But then you get some of the character rares. And, you know, it has the RCS Pocket GX, that's that Altar, whatever you want to call it. And then just these team-ups they have with these Pokemon are just incredible. Like, there is some incredible cards in this era. And that's not even including... Hidden Fates. I actually rank this era as basically, in terms of the TCG, as it starts. It starts to rival. Basically, I put it on the same level as Can- as the OG Kanto, in terms oh, yeah. of yeah. I I put it behind obviously Johto and Hoenn, so Gen uh, Gen two and three, but it's right. It's it's right above everything else. Yeah. Until we get to the next era, but one, but I put the Pokemon as some of the worst designed, unfortunately. Um, I'm not yeah. a fan of the design of this era. It does got some cool ones. I, like I like Jangamo, I do, but I don't care for the legendaries. The Ultra Beast don't do it for me. I mean, it's got Marshadow though. That that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, there's some cool ones in there, but <clears throat> yeah, across the board, like I just had just not a great time playing these games, and that kind of set the tone for me. And I was kind of out of Pokemon ish. Like, you know, of course, I still collected, but after X and Y and playing Sun and Moon, it was kind of a low for me. I wasn't really doing too much. But I got to say, when the promos, like, that's when I started collecting more again because the promos were, you know, getting a lot better and games were kind of starting to suck. So it's like, well, I guess I'm just going to collect more again. And that's when I really got into buying a lot of promos and Japanese stuff. And, you know, my fabled, yeah, my fabled... uh, (laughs) Festa Pikachu that I bought for probably eighty bucks and sold for a hundred. <laughs> I know I shouldn't laugh because I'm sure I'm going to be doing the same thing here soon. Uh, you know, so I, I it's just I don't know. It's just just funny, like yeah. how oh you sold it and then you oh I actually love this card. It's my favorite card, so I'm actually gonna <laughs> go ahead and rebuy it at, at two grand. You know, I, I just. I don't know like what it was, but there was something I was buying where I was like, "Oh, I can buy this card back later." And well, you you can. I did all right <laughs> for, for two thousand uh, dollars. But I mean, but but to, just the fact that you have it is still is still so cool because there are certain cards I consider a grail, and that's a grail, and you got it. So you know, I I I, I, I give you shit, but like. You know, it is a great card. It's just, it's funny because it's like, it's, it's your favorite card and you had it in your hands. And, yeah. but like, you know, 
the whole thing with this, like we've discussed this before in this hobby, there's ebb and flows to collecting. And just because you sell something doesn't mean you can't buy it back, even if it skyrockets in price. You know, it's it's about making consistent moves within the hobby with just the more you buy, obviously don't buy like stupid crap, right? But like like tens for Pokeballs or something like that. But, you know, the, the more you buy within the hobby, the more you, like, you can always sell some other parts of your collection. Yeah. Without trying to like, oh, how am I going to get this three thousand dollar card? You know, there's ways of getting it back. You know, and eventually, I'd love to have that card. But first and foremost on my site is the Mario and Luigi Pikachu's. Those are the number one priority uh, when it comes to those type of promos. But I'm not going to get that for a while. Um, next year, though, no. uh, don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to get too off subject with Disney's Lorcana. But I, I will say that. Um, I have this era as one of the worst in terms of Gen 7 overall. Um, the anime was god-awful. They massacred. Massacred Ash. I mean, dude, they changed up his, his whole, like, anime style, and it was bad. Yeah. Right? Wasn't it, like, <clears throat> what were they thinking? I don't know. They had they had a lot of changes, and... Uh... It's so bad they had to change it back for... For the next chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was uh it was pretty bad for the games like that too. Like a lot of changes that kinda cool, but they did not pan out that way. But uh yeah, they're they're pretty bottom of the list for me. I don't really care about even the set cards, but yeah, the promo cards bring this up for me for sure. Some good promos. Well, he he did win. Ash did do well in the anime, but so it's not like terrible. He actually did win a little bit, so there's that. But yeah, yeah. just the TCG was the best aspect of this era, absolutely, and and I think that's kind of proceeded into the next generation even as well. Yeah. Well, let's get on into the next gen. It is. Okay. The Switch era and okay. Sword and Shield. Can I go first when it comes to the games on this one? All right. Sure. Um, okay. Have you played the games? <laughs> yes. Yes. With the uh, with this one, it was definitely the worst out of all the games. I would say all the mainline games. This game was worse. Um, it felt like you never had to change your Pokemon. I thought, like, I thought whenever I started playing, like, oh, I'm going to have to grind out in the forest. And I found that out once I did that, I was OP. <laughs> like, I was OP. My grow key was just destroying people left and right. It wasn't even close. And I just lost interest in it really quick. I didn't, like, how everything uh, I, I just didn't like how easy it was how pretty much it seemed like you all came back to center it just i quickly lost interest i didn't like that i wasn't a big fan of most of the design of the pokemon the saving grace from this era was definitely the tcg and the NBA. yeah yeah same for me i mean the games which i didn't play until later um, cause I took a, my sweet time buying a switch. Um, 
It was better than Sun and Moon for me, but not much better. Like, I still just went through as fast as I possibly could, not really caring. Um, but overall, it was okay. It was tolerable, mostly because I hadn't played one in so long, though. So I, I just played this, like, within the last six months. So that's, you know, that's kind of it for me. Um, and it was also experiencing it on the Switch. So I hadn't had a Switch until, like, the last six months. So that's why I played all these games, kind of rapid fire. But yeah, that's that was you know okay to tolerate. But the TCG, yeah, it's just totally on another level. Um, we of course towards the end have the alt arts and all that stuff. So hitting the nail on the head for that pretty much brings this up into the A tier overall. But these games, I mean, it it's the only game down in my C tier. Well, I have Let's Go down there as well. But Yeah. Yeah, not not that good of games. I don't like the gimmick, Gigantamax. But you know, it is what it is. TCG is great though. I didn't really like the style of Sun and Moon and even X and Y, like with the EX and GX and, you know, their full art art style. But I do find myself liking more of the Sword and Shield stuff. And for some reason, the V cards, like, I don't like the gimmick, so I don't really like the G Max or B Max or whatever. But I like a lot of the Vs and the Alt Art Vs are some of my favorites. So I do like it. Game-wise, a little low, but overall pretty high just for, uh, you know, the, the way modern's going. This is the fruition of that change that happened way back in black and white. And now, look at what's done. Like, modern's insane, probably the best it's ever been, and still going strong. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I have the TCG ranked up towards the top. I mean, it's, I have it comparable to the EX era um, because it's still kind of top heavy with the alt arts, but they started paying more focus. I feel like on other types of art within the commons and the, and the rares and stuff like that. The, the biggest thing that puts it from, it could be so much better if they would put, more into the V and B star, kind of what you're starting to see in the Crown Zenith, but they only did it for one, or uh, not Crown Zenith, the V Star Universe, but they only kind of started doing that. And I'm wondering if they're going to start going that route. Uh, if they do, the next era could be amongst the best ever. Um, I think what separates it is I find the V to be a disappointment when I pull one. Um, yeah, it's special about them. Like people are kind of numb to it now, yeah. and that is one downside. It's like you know, just like losing the value in the hollow. Back in the day, you know, it it loses its value. A V is supposed to be a pool. I think they really need to like trim it down, which hopefully they'll do. You know, when they do the much needed like reset and uh, scarlet and violet, but. Yeah, that's my biggest worry is like they keep going and we just become numb to everything and you have to buy like an entire booster box just to to get a card that's deemed a pool and that card might not be the one you want, you know. 
which is you know it's <clears> why <throat> it's at the point now where it's just better to buy singles more than ever um unless it's it's a set like brilliant stars or b star universe or you know b he might be max climax um you know the, those sets are pretty fun to pull and you're probably going to get you're probably not going to get your value back just in the english it's just how it is unfortunately like you might get amazing, but just overall, you're, you're going to lose out if you buy really more than one booster box, I would say. That should be, like, your limit on how much anyone buys of any set is one booster box. Uh, and then start buying singles, because you, you get to enjoy the set, you get to appreciate the hobby, um, experience these cards. But, you know, even that is starting to kind of get... We're at the point, too, where every card is late before the set comes out. Yeah. So, like, it is cool to experience the set, and sometimes I'll try to go as much under, with my head in the sand as possible, but you, it's only if it's really good at this point, it seems like. And it is a concern that we do have to wonder going forward. Um, but that being said, they had some good promos this era. Not as good as the previous two eras in X, Y, and Sun and Moon, but I would say... It's probably tied as far as promos. I would say it's probably around what Hansi era promos. So not like the the top two, which is X Y and Sun and Moon, but it's still pretty good. And there's a lot of cool ones. Obviously, a lot of a lot of people that cards love. You know, you got your special delivery Badoof and all those cards. But for sure, yeah, it's, just, it's it, I put the design <clears throat> of the Pokemon kind of towards the the bottom. A, a little bit like there's some cool ones but again there isn't anything like the legendaries i didn't think were good at all yeah besides besides Amazenta, i warmed up to those two um and, i have two actually like yeah they, they look pretty cool they yeah like the vmax climax cards that were shown recently like they got some cool promos mm -hmm. but yeah i think the design was kind of on an upswing with X and Y. Like they have some cool designs and original stuff, but mostly because, you know, we had sun and moon and, uh, you know, stuff before it that didn't really excite us. <clears throat> so I think we're heading back in the right direction and, uh, Scarlet and Violet pretty much confirms that for me. Yeah, I will say real fast, I think the anime is some of the best as well. Um, I think it's interesting how they have like this, they're no longer following this path of like, oh, just going through, getting a badge. It's more like, oh, I'm going to get a badge. And then they hand them back to a central location. And you have this other story, and they've developed Go as an, a fantastic side slash main character. And they the fact that, you know, Ash walks around t talking to his buddies from other eras, that's fantastic. Of course, you, know, you still have to wonder how he accomplished all this, and he's still not 11 years old yet. <laughs> Every era, you know, you know, he's still he's still only 10 years old. Um, it's all a dream, and yeah, yeah I you live your best moments when you're 11 years old. You never age. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the TCG and the anime are the crown jewels of this era, but the game. And some of the design Pokemon leave a little bit to be desired, but it's still a great era. It really is. I kind of put it in the same tier as Aloha, unfortunately, though. 
um, just because the game and some of the Pokemon designs I find lack just a little bit, mainly the legendaries, because I feel like after the, the dogs, the rest of the legendaries aren't anything special. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just wish... Like, I'm not butthurt that I didn't play this game right away. I just... Uh, yeah, the open world thing. They had the open world area in X and Y, which was cool, but... Or in Sword and Shield, I mean. But, yeah, another another thing why I was excited for Scarlet and Violet. But, I guess for Scarlet and Violet, that is our next one. And we really can't place, you know, that in any particular area. No. My only comment about the TCG is that I hope it... Like I said, I hope there's a reset. I hope the hype doesn't just continue to grow because, you know, like you said, pulling a V isn't exciting and you just have to open so many packs to get something you're excited about now. And I just hope that kind of calms back down. But I'll tell you what. I haven't had as many glitches and stuff in the game as, like, I thought I would. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon of all oh, these games are ter- terrible because the guy's like frame rate is low. <clears throat> they did upload a, uh, or they did put out an update like just yesterday or the day before that improved a lot of these game problems where people were like glitching under the map apparently. Um, stuff like that, like visual things. It's been totally playable for me though. I haven't, yeah. I haven't ran into any major things. Like, yeah, you could tell the quality. Some areas and, like, walking in big cities is a little lacking. Um, yeah. But I have been having more fun on this game than I've had since battling in X and Y or playing Diamond and Pearl. And I can already tell, um, you know... Well, playing Legends Arceus was really refreshing, having a new game like that. But this being a main Pokemon game, like this is by far the most fun I've had. As, you know, this whole time we're being doing this podcast and recording this, I'm like hunting for my decks, like just walking around, finding Pokemon that I haven't caught yet while I'm talking. And it's just like, so fun like i've been doing this for like an entire week now of just like being done with the game just running around catching everything like i'm not even looking up my pokédex to like okay i need this one next i'm going to go here like i'm just starting to have to do that because i've just been having so much fun just wandering around and just oh i think i need him catch him okay let's walk over here like i'm just exploring the world and it's just so refreshing. Um, this is already in the A tier for me. If it was more like, of course, you know, I have the usual complaints of it being Game Freak. And, you know, Pokemon games were never leading the edge of gaming by any means. So no. I, I kind of had this, you know, expected. But... I think they were also the last three gens pushing the envelope to make it like an open world experience. Like even back to X and Y, they had the open world city 
Then in Sun and Moon, they had the semi-open world map, but it was really small. And then in Sword and Shield, you had the open world area, which was a very large area. And now we're straight up, you know, full-blown open world, do whatever you want. So I think the next game or the game after that, which is still sad to say that this game couldn't be that, but... I think the next game is going to be really great if they just stick to what they have here and just get better at what they do with the performance and you know graphics and all that. This map is huge, and we really don't need bigger than this. Um, I well, you know, yeah, it's I, just so I much wonder, fun collecting them. Yeah, we've kind of discussed. Well, I guess I'll say first before kind of what they could do with games. Um, I love this game, uh, and I'm not as far as you are. I'm only on like a third of the way through. Um, it's not because I haven't wanted to play. It's just because I'm so damn busy. It seems like like whenever I work, I'm, I'm working all day, <laughs> and then I like I basically get home, eat, and it's like okay, it's, it's time for bed, <laughs> and then I, I I do it again. So. Um, and then with the holidays and stuff, but I will be playing and I'll keep on playing it. Whereas with Sword and Shield, I just stopped playing. Um, yeah. Obviously, loved Arceus. Arceus, oh my god, I just binged that so hard. Um, but you know, I I've only done that a little bit so far with the time constraints. But like, whenever I I am able to play, like I'm playing for like five or six hours, which. As you know, for me, playing a game that long is unheard of. Like so that, so that is saying a lot about this era. And I have had a few issues. There was one time I was going into a cave in, in the game, and like I didn't know where I was going when I was trying to get out. <laughs> <laughs> like so, I I did experience that a little bit, but it wasn't enough. I was just like Jesus. It just it wasn't enough to destroy anything for me. Um, it's pretty cool. I do like the the fact that I can basically jump off the buildings and like I got my totem to help me out. Um, I would love to see them build off this and being able to take that aspect and be like, okay, press X as soon as you jump off and you're flying on a Pokemon. That would be cool if they can build that. And obviously, you know, having larger cities would be cooler um it seems like the cities are more or less just there rather than in that part of the game if that makes sense like yeah. it doesn't seem to be right like there doesn't seem to be any life to it i pretty much just blast through the cities i don't even bother like i might talk to one or two people it doesn't seem necessary um i would like to see them building more on that uh, that is, I, I that is what I did too. That is kind of necessary for the end game items though and recipes, mm -hmm. apparently, which there's a lot to the post game about recipes and all that. So I haven't yeah, explored, shinies. yeah, I haven't explored those aspects because I'm trying to get the uh, Pokedex complete for the shiny charm first. So I haven't experienced all the other stuff totally, but. As far as the game itself, like, yeah, story could have been better. You know, it always can be better with Pokemon games. It's not the best by any means, but it's okay. Um, the characters, though, they actually fleshed out the characters a little bit. Like, any character that is, like, a main character in the game, you know, you really actually have a bond with them. 
Um, would be nice <laughs> at this point in time to have like voice acting in the game and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll think of that too. Just, just make this a game appropriate for the time. Like, every Pokemon game is just slow to the challenge, but this, this it finally seems like they're where they need to be just improve on this like add voice acting add more detail add you know other features the stair the terrestrialize looks so dumb to me but i like the mechanic itself um i just think it looks ridiculous but you know that's just me but yeah there's like raids scattered throughout the map i mean i've just been having so much fun walking around doing nothing like i could be so much more efficient but I just enjoy running around, collecting stuff. I would say one cool thing I would like to see them is making it easier to where it's like you just run away. Like you can run away from Pokemon pretty easily, but like sometimes I'll accidentally tap into a Pokemon and I don't have a choice. I gotta run away. It would be cool if like you could streamline that and skip that somehow. I don't I don't know how or what you would do as as an example. It's just it's just a minor annoyance. But when you're surrounded by Pokemon and you can't get anywhere, you're just bouncing into them left and right. It's like okay, I'm either gonna make you all faint, or I'm gonna have to go through every single one of you. And that in in those situations, it was kind of annoying. Um, but it's not like it was a huge detriment or anything. It's just if they could build off that aspect, that'd be fantastic. I thought the Pokemon of this generation so far is pretty good. And I'd be interested. I think the starters are the best we've seen since gen six. Um, I like the grass starter, but I really like, I like the starters like in their base evolution. I don't like the final evolutions though, except for the grass type. I like the grass type through and through, but the other ones just look so silly to me, but that's why I chose grass this time. I do think, like, the little grass cat, that's probably the best evolution line in a long time for starters. Probably since Gen 3 with Torchic, I think. But See, I uh, I think the final evolved starter for um, the fire guy is pretty good. And, yeah, I, the, the final evolved for Quaxley is pretty bad. I'm not really going to be fan of that. Uh, I, I should say it's bad. It's just goofy. Like, he looks like... Uh, what's what's that? Not Donald the Duck. The Duck and Mar- like, Marvel. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't you remember know, his yeah, name. Yeah, the Duck and Marvel is what he kind of reminds me of. They got, like, Rebar. That's pretty cool. I mean, there's some cool Pokemon. Who doesn't love a little Wiglet? And a trio, <laughs> like there's some cool, there's some cool ones in here. I think this is better than the previous generation, um, but you know, some people would probably disagree. I think the Godzilla-like pseudo legendary is pretty cool. Like he's definitely inspired by Godzilla, and that's so freaking awesome. Yeah, I need to go catch him still. But yeah, yeah, pretty pretty solid all around. But you got the Minecraft Pokemon, <laughs> the, the Sand Dude. Yeah, but like what I love about this one is all like how they kind of build off some older Pokemon. 
through different aspects. Like you have like the uh, new. Um, yeah, some are new evolutions. Some yeah. are just forms. Yeah, like that's like the. Those are really cool. I haven't gotten to that part in the game yet, but like, dude, this looks so cool. Yeah, it's. I like. I like that that they just made a new Pokemon instead of the forms. So yeah, but but yeah, we should uh, probably wrap it up. Yeah, we were gonna do a question, but I think we should just kind of cut it here because we we were just gonna kind of make up a question about the games because. Well, it was like, what could they do next? And I think we touched on that, you know. In yeah, to segment. say the only thing I was going to be like is, you know, what are you expecting of the Paldia era? But we kind of talked about that with the games and with the actual, uh, like, what we expect from the TCG going forward. We we both kind of went through that pretty well. Yeah, EXs are coming back. Hopefully, yes. they, that's like the chase and they don't have a bunch of different rarities and they kind of calm down a bit. Those are my things. Well, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what all they do. Um, I would like to see a return of some of the promos and their first promos already pretty good for this era. I hope they continue that because I guess they did do well with the promos overall from this era, but I would like to see a return to prominence when it comes to like X, Y, sun and moon peak, peak, Homo era. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Well, we'll leave you with that. Longest episode ever. Woo! <laughs> Again. I mean, this one's going to be long, but I mean, it's this yeah. one was good. We went through all, all the gins. We, we sometimes, you know, we get passionate, so we get into it. And don't worry, yeah. we'll be going to East Gen TCG wise more further as <laughs> the weeks go by. Hopefully, we'll do another one. I don't know. For sure, Wrong like maybe not, thing, maybe? maybe not next episode, but the yeah. episode after, we might see some new leaks from the first Scarlet and Violet set. I would think, oh, which is what I'm hoping. I want to see so, what, what. Yeah, I'm really hyped for that. That will that will kind of tell us the direction they're going. So, all right, guys, we'll see you in the next one though, and have a good one. Peace out until next time. <laughs>